I'm your host, Rufi Castro, and welcome to the Epicenter Fresno podcast. Shalom, shalom, my friends. Welcome back to the Epicenter Fresno podcast. We are picking up where we left off last week. We will be in the book of Acts chapter 15, beginning at verse 19. So very, very quick recap. This is what is known as the Jerusalem Council. As always, if you haven't listened to part one of this episode, I'm going to ask you to please do so. That way you're able to get the full scope of what we are discussing in this Acts chapter 15 episode. So, very quick recap, the whole issue is, do Gentiles have to be circumcised in order to be saved? We are dealing with Gentile brothers and sisters who have been baptized in Yeshua's name, immersed in Yeshua's name, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. But some of our Jewish brethren, some of those, especially from the Pharisaic mindset, stated that, in order for the Gentiles to be saved, saved, if you will, they have to undergo circumcision. So again, please listen to part one of this episode and you'll have the background information that you need why circumcision was important to this particular group of uh, fellow believers in Yeshua. All right, so we're going to go ahead and start with verse number 19. This is Yaakov, or James, who is, once again, as we stated, the de facto leader of the Messianic community in the book of Acts. So here is his decision. Verse 19. Therefore, my opinion is that we should not put obstacles in the way of the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write them a letter telling them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from fornication, from what is strangled, and from blood. For from the earliest times, Moshe has in every city those who proclaim him with his words being read in the synagogues every Shabbat. So we're going to go ahead and pause right there. For 99% of modern Christianity, verse 20 is taken to mean that this is the only thing that the Gentile Christians must do. So let me read these four things. They're supposed to abstain themselves from things polluted to idols. They are to abstain from fornication, abstain from the things that are strangled, and abstained from the consumption of blood. And usually this is where we stop reading. So this is where the idea comes up that if you are a Gentile, especially in apostolic circles, that you are saved by grace, which you are, that you are immersed in Yeshua's name, baptized in Jesus' name, which you are, and then you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, which you are, and that's it. You live a life of of holiness or righteousness, depending on what denomination you belong to, 
how long your sleeves are supposed to be on your shirt. Uh, do you wear a white shirt or a blue shirt to be saved? And, and please understand, I'm not poking fun of anyone, but these are some of the things that I grew up listening and learning that this is the way you were supposed to be saved. I digress. But according to this particular scripture, that's all you have to do. Just these four things. And that's it. You can live life however you want. Um, you can worship whenever you want, however you want. Um, you can eat whatever you want, as long as it's not things that are strangled or consumption of blood. Other than that, go for it. Have your chicharrones, your pork chops, all this stuff. You can do all of that. The problem arises when we actually go to verse number 21. Verse number 21 says, For from the earliest times, Moshe has had in every city those who proclaim him, which is words being read in the synagogues every Shabbat. Now, remember what we discussed. When you look at Moshe, you are automatically to think Torah. So is there a contradiction here or what's going on? No, there's no contradiction here. This is why it's important to understand the first century Eastern way of thinking versus a Western Hellenistic way of thinking. These Gentiles that had been immersed in Yeshua's name, filled with the Holy Ghost, they didn't have the upbringing that our Jewish brethren had. In other words, our Jewish brethren grew up learning Torah. They grew up going to synagogue. They grew up, or the temple, if they were in Jerusalem, they'd go to the temple. Um, for sure, for the feasts that you're required to go to the temple, if the temple is standing, they went to those feasts. They understood the feast. Uh, they worshiped the Lord the way it is written in Scripture that the Lord is supposed to be worshiped. They kept kosher, uh, Leviticus 23. They did all of that. So they, they grew up understanding how to worship the Lord. In our Western mindset, when we talk about conversion, we automatically think about being saved and not saved. In our mind, that's the first thing. When you hear about conversion, you think being saved or not saved. And, and if I can use the verbiage of the modern Christian, you're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. That's, that's the verbiage. The problem that we as Westerners don't understand is that these Torah observant brethren were for all intents and purposes, and I'm using air quotes, I know you can't see this because it's a podcast, they were for all intents and purposes, they were saved. And I know what I'm saying right now, it's very hard uh, for, for many listeners to comprehend, but you think about these Torah observant um, brothers and sisters before Messiah came. They were righteous. They followed the scripture. They worshiped the Lord the way the Lord commanded to be worshiped. For all intent and purposes, when they died, they died as righteous people. Now, when they received Messiah Yeshua and they were immersed in his name, we're talking about our Jewish brothers and sisters now, they didn't stop worshiping the way they worshipped prior to that. The only difference now is that they understood that Yeshua was the Messiah. He was the King of Kings. He was the King of Israel. They understood this. 
They understood that all power is in his name. They understood this 100%. So now the Gentiles that are coming to faith, they come from an idolatrous background. They don't know Torah. They don't know the prophets. They don't know the writings, the Tanakh, right? what you and I call the, the Old Testament, which was the only Bible that was available during the time of the apostles. There was no New Testament. All they had was the Tanakh. So the Gentiles coming to faith don't have the background necessary to worship the Lord the way God commands. Now, when we fast forward a little bit and we read some of the writings of Rabbi Shaul, the Apostle Paul, he writes that we are grafted into the promises of Abraham. That's very important because when something is grafted into the tree, that branch that's being grafted takes on the look, the feel of the tree. It's not the other way around. So when you graft a branch to a tree, the tree doesn't transform into the branch. When you graft a branch into a tree, that branch becomes part of the tree. The roots of that tree now begin to give life to that branch that has been grafted in. As Gentiles, we're grafted into the promises of Abraham. With that being said, in order for the Gentiles to even have fellowship with our Jewish brothers and sisters, the four things right off the bat that they had to do are the four things that are written in Acts chapter 15, verse 20. This is to have fellowship. This is to show up to synagogue. This is to be able to even enter the, the, I mean, the temple, for, forget it. You're a Gentile and you're, you're, that's not going to work. This is for a Gentile to be able to enter into a Jewish person's home. In order for this to happen and we could sit down at the table and break bread together and have fellowship and go to the Starbucks in the first century and, and have a cup of coffee together, the four things that immediately had to occur was that the Gentile believers had to refrain themselves or abstain from things polluted to idols, from fornication, from that which is strangled, and from the consumption of blood. This isn't the only thing that they have to do and, okay, now we're great, we're fine, let's worship how we want. No, no, no. This is the start of the journey. You've already been immersed in Yeshua's name. You've already been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Great. Now these four things because you come from an idolatrous background. Now understand that they didn't know any better. How many people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and they still think that committing fornication is okay because I'm saved by grace? No, it, it doesn't work that way. So in order for the Gentiles to even have communion, a relationship, if you will, with the Messianic community, these four things had to happen. Now, how does a Gentile who loves the Lord, how do they learn what's next? Because immersion and being filled with the Holy Ghost isn't the end goal. That's the beginning of the journey. Well, this is where verse 21 comes in. For from the earliest times, Moshe has had in every city those who proclaim him, 
with his words being read in the synagogues every Shabbat. So now as a Gentile who has stopped doing these four things to get this new life started on the right foot, now in order for me to understand how am I supposed to worship God, what does God consider a sin, what does God consider uh, appropriate, what does God consider not appropriate, the only way I'm going to learn this is by going to synagogue every Shabbat where Moses, that's to say the Torah, is being taught. This is what the ruling actually is. In every city, there are those in a synagogue that teach the words of Moses every Shabbat. So what they have to do now, these new Gentile believers, is on Shabbat, there's nothing about Sunday here, there's nothing about there's this new day of worship, there's a new day we gather, there's none, none of that. You don't find any of that. Now you go to synagogue on Shabbat. Now you go on Shabbat. If there's not a synagogue and you're not in Jerusalem, so there's not a temple, then you go to the house of your Jewish brothers and sisters and someone there who teaches Torah. You go and you sit and you learn Torah. You learn word of God because it's in the Torah, it's in the writings, and it's in the prophets that you learn what God expects of you as a child of God. This is important. Now, let's continue. Then the emissaries and the elders together with the whole messianic community decided to select men from among themselves to send to Antioch with Shaul and Barnabas. So that's uh, the Apostle Paul and Barnabas in their Greek names. They sent Jehuda, called Barsheba, and Sila, both leading men among the brothers, with the following letter. And this is what the letter says. From the emissaries and the elders, your brothers, to the brothers from among the Gentiles throughout Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. Greetings. Verse 24. We have heard that some people went out from among us without our authorization, that they have upset you with their talk, unsettling your minds. So we have decided unanimously to select men and send them to you at, with our dear friends, Barnaba and Shaul, who have dedicated their lives in upholding the name of our Lord, Yeshua the Messiah. So we have sent Yehuda and Sila, and they will confirm in person what we are writing. Verse 28. For it seemed good to the Ruach HaKodesh, that's the Holy Spirit, and to us not to lay any heavier burden on you than the following requirements. To abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from fornication. If you keep yourself from these things, you will be doing the right thing. Shalom. It's in order for the Gentiles to be able to have communion and fellowship with the messianic community this is where if you continue reading the book of acts you will find shaul preaching in the synagogues the synagogues were filled with messianic believers they were filled with gentiles who have received yeshua as their lord and savior and they were filled with god fears and of course you had the righteous 
Jewish brothers and sisters who did not believe in Yeshua who were at those synagogues. So we have to understand the whole reason why Shaul was going to the synagogues to proclaim the name of Yeshua. Well, number one, he's a rabbi. Number two, obviously he's Jewish, but you had a lot of Jewish brothers and sisters who did not believe that Yeshua was the Messiah. And it was through the ministry of the Apostle Paul, a rabbi Shaul, proclaiming the word of the Lord. And when you read the book of Acts, quoting from the only Bible that he had, which was a Tanakh, what you and I call the Old Testament, quoting scripture after scripture after scripture, that a lot of our Jewish brothers and sisters that did not believe that Yeshua was the Messiah actually came to faith. Now, not everyone, but a lot of them did. When it comes to Acts chapter 15, I want to reiterate this, and we will continue to talk about this subject in future episodes. The Gentiles were expected to start their journey with those four commandments or with those four prohibition, if you will. That cleared the way for them to go to synagogue on Shabbat and learn the word of the Lord. They didn't have to undergo circumcision in order to be saved. They're saved. Okay, they're saved. Everyone is saved by grace when you accept Yeshua as a Messiah. You're immersed in his name. He gives you the Ruach HaKodesh. But that extra step wasn't necessary for salvation. What is necessary is to follow the word of God according to how God has commanded us to follow. And the only way that the first century messianic community, that includes Jews and Gentiles, especially Gentiles, the only way that was going to happen is they had to go to synagogue on Shabbat to learn. They didn't know what the Ten Commandments were. 613 commandments total in Scripture. They didn't know that. They probably didn't even know that God created the heaven and the earth. They probably thought whatever idol, whatever statue. They were moved, obviously, by the Ruach HaKodesh, by the Holy Spirit. They believed in the name of Yeshua. They believed he was the Messiah, but the Messiah of what? They just know that he came to set them free. He came to save them. But when it comes to how to worship him, what he expects of you, the anointing that he wants to place in your life, when it comes to all of that that you and I take for granted, they didn't know any of that stuff. They had to go to synagogue. And synagogue wasn't on Sundays. Synagogue was on Shabbat. Because again, the Gentiles, that includes us, that includes you. And because we're grafted we take on the shape and the form of that tree, which means we worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We follow his words. We don't follow and keep commandments to get saved. We follow and keep his word because we're saved, because we're chosen. So to wrap up part two, of Acts chapter 15, 
it's important to us to understand, number one, that we have to read the scripture in context. Number two, we have to understand what was happening in the first century. We have to come to the realization that just because a Gentile was immersed in Yeshua's name and had the Ruach HaKodesh, it doesn't mean the Jewish community accepted him. He's still a Gentile. He's still not eating kosher. He's still fornicating. He's still doing all these other things. It's not like today. And the biggest issue that we have is when we look at Scripture and we try to define Scripture by today's definitions, by the way we do things today in the present date. And this is the reason why we get ourselves into trouble. We have to understand that situations, cultures, and things back then are not the same as they are today. So I encourage you, keep reading, keep worshiping, keep praising, and we know that God is perfect in all of his ways. We glorify the name of Yeshua the Messiah forever and ever. Amen. Don't forget to check out our website, www.epicenterfresno.com, where you will find links to our Facebook page, our Instagram, and our YouTube channel. Thank you.